This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Great. Well, uh, it's good to see you all today. My name's Dan, if I haven't met you before, and I am one of the, the leaders here. And um, we are in a great series called Wisdom for Life. Maybe you've been here the past couple weeks. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, check out the podcast, check out the live stream. Who, who's loving this series so far? Yes. We're going to spend a good few weeks in this, delving into Proverbs, delving into get some brilliant wisdom. And um, I think in, in 2022, we, we need to grapple with wisdom more than ever in the, in the things that are ahead and the things that are to come in life and society uh, and so much more. And um, I love that on, on uh, last week, Pete kind of left us on this note of leaning into wisdom. And so that's where we're going to pick it up today. How are we leaning into wisdom? How are we pressing in to all that wisdom has for us? On the first week, Bryony gave us a definition of wisdom, which was knowledge plus application equals wisdom. And so when we're thinking about the need for wisdom, it's not just about gaining information or gaining knowledge, but it's about applying that and seeing God um, help us in that and God give us wisdom because it is a gift to us. I think we all are looking for wisdom at the minute, you know, wherever we find ourselves. Maybe we're all looking for wisdom all the time. I, I hope we're always asking God for wisdom. But maybe where we find ourselves at, at the minute in, in the midst of a crossroad or a change in life, in family circumstances, relationally, whatever it might be, or, or maybe as we sometimes get into a space of worrying about the cost of living challenges that our nation is facing. I think that we need wisdom from God. We need wisdom in that stuff. We need wisdom in every aspect in our everyday life. And when I was thinking about how much we need wisdom, I couldn't help but think about, not this week just gone, but the week before, and um, a lady called Liz, who, who had a seriously big week that led to a needing of a lot of wisdom, I think. On Monday, she got announced as the Prime Minister. On Tuesday, she went to meet with the Queen. On Wednesday, she had her first PMQs. On Thursday, the Queen sadly passed away. On Friday, she's got a new king. I, I think you need wisdom on a week like that, right? I think it's okay on a week like that also to go, I think we need takeaway tonight, Dave. <laughs> I don't know her husband's name. Where's Con Dave? But actually, you know, that's maybe an extreme example of needing wisdom. But maybe some weeks, some weeks, our life feels like that. There's a new thing every day, and it's like a new challenge or or a new opportunity sometimes. But we need wisdom to decide whether to say yes or no to it, to determine how we face these things, how we journey through these things. And I love that the series we're going to get um, we're going to get practical every week to think about actually how do we apply this wisdom that we can learn from Proverbs, this ancient wisdom. How does it affect us? in 2022, because wisdom comes from all sorts of sources, but we have to recognize the ultimate source and the origins of all source of wisdom, which is God. That even though wisdom may come from God in other vehicles, we have to recognize it as coming from him and him being the source of all wisdom. You know, over the summer, as we, as we studied James in James on Life, we thought a bit about wisdom, and actually, wisdom it can come in all sorts of different ways, but sometimes it comes masqueraded, uh, sorry, not wisdom does, but other things that look like wisdom come masqueraded in other ways, and actually can, we think, well, that's wisdom, or just because they know the most things, they must be the most wise, but as we know, it's about applying it, and godly wisdom is something else that is a gift from God. I love what it says in James 1 verse 5. If you need wisdom, 
Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Godly wisdom is from God and it resembles the character of God. And so we're going to think a bit about today of how do we know the voice of wisdom? How do we know it's wisdom and and not this other person that the Proverbs help us understand there is these two different voices. But the more we get to know God, the more we will know his wisdom. And I think the more we will know his character and therefore the more we will know what is wisdom from him and what is wisdom or what seems like wisdom, but it's actually not. Because we know that godly wisdom comes through scripture, comes through others sharing with us that they've heard from God, can come through songs, can come through different ways that God can speak to us. And as we've been looking at Proverbs, we've been, there's all sorts of different wisdom books that we may be familiar with in the Bible, but we're particularly thinking about Proverbs and these nuggets of wisdom, these almost like little sometimes sentences or phrases that we think, oh, it's a nice thing to repeat sometime, but actually weighed up in, in the midst of what the whole proverb is saying and what the whole scripture is saying and how it fits in with the narrative of everything God is doing, I think we can understand it at a deeper level for wisdom in our everyday life, to live a life of wisdom and to have a life empowered by wisdom. And so Proverbs is one of those. And um, for those who weren't here the other week, just um, mentioning that Proverbs was mainly written by Solomon. We understand uh, the other people involved in that. But this is a guy who asked for wisdom, and then he began to pour out some of that wisdom for us and for generations to come. And last week, we looked at this idea of a narrative of a father to a son This week, we're going to be thinking about lady wisdom. This idea, as Proverbs narrates and says to us, that um, this speaks of this lady wisdom. It says this in Proverbs 4, verse 6 to 7. It's going to be on the screen. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her. She will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. I love that. It's like, it's here. It's available. Let's grab hold of it. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. That it's not just a couple of things to add to our to-do list this week, right? I need to get some wisdom, I need to get some understanding, I need some washing powder. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not that. It's, it's asking God, this God who generously gives, as we read in James, in James 1, that verse I mentioned before, who wants to give us generously wisdom and understanding, and I love that this, this imagery of lady wisdom keeps coming up in Proverbs. And we're going to be looking around a few different Proverbs today. That um, that's, that's the narrative that is there. But I love the idea it's a lady because I am married to someone much wiser than me. Which is always good, isn't it? Because I think she's made some very wise choices in life. Number one. You see, you think you know where the joke's going. And I am that predictable, so that's where it is going. So just save, save the laughter for in about 30 seconds. Number one, uh, she made a decision to follow Jesus, which is, which is the best decision. Number two, ready? She married me. <laughs> there, ah, yes, right. Number three, and a, a bunch of others. Um, but I, I love this imagery because I think there is, there is so much in that, and it's such an incredibly powerful image, but it's incredibly countercultural in the time that this was written, where, where women were so suppressed in society that to paint this picture of a lady that gave wisdom to this younger man was so countercultural but beautiful and just broke down so many barriers and walls and challenged people's thinking even before they've read the wisdom. 
this picture that it is painting, this picture that is formed of this lady is guiding this younger man. And I, I, I'd like to imagine, and this is just my interpretation, that Solomon made, did he picture his mum? You know, when he was thinking, if, if he was the younger man in this narrative, did he picture his mum? Did he think of, or someone like that, or, or one of his wives, or whoever it was, that this lady wisdom who gives appeals and warnings in wisdom to us, encourages and challenges from the temptations of the, uh, the less than what God has for us. Because actually, as, as Solomon's writing, the challenges of, of the day were that other young guys who had big ideas, but they were doing them through exploiting people. They were doing them through ways of, of pushing people to one side or suppressing certain people to try and get their way. Or the other narrative that, that, the, um, that scholars help us understand is that actually it was maybe ladies that were trying to draw men away from their marriages. So you've got these two different things going on with men and women in this element of temptation of drawn away from what God has got best for this young man, Solomon, and for this young man in this narrative. And then comes Lady Wisdom with all her wisdom. It'd be great if I had like a little song there, a jingle, I think. I was thinking about this week. I didn't come up with anything. But this, this idea that this lady wisdom comes and is there to nurture and challenge and encourage and pass on wisdom. And I think um, in Proverbs 3, it sums it up so well. I just love us to immerse ourselves in these words for just a moment. It says this. It's going to be on the screen. Blessed are those who find wisdom, who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you can desire can be compared with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and her paths are peace. She is like a tree to those who take hold of her and those who hold her fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds drop like dew. I think it's a beautiful language of what this lady wisdom gives to us, what wisdom gives to us in life. She is generous. And that sort of lines up with that God is generous and he wants to give us wisdom. And so in this narrative of lady wisdom, she's saying, this is everything I will give you. And it's not a promise of, oh, it says riches and that must mean I'm going to be rich in the future in monetary value. But there's so many different understandings of these different words and what that means. But truly we'll be blessed by clinging on to wisdom that we will hold on to her, that we will learn from her. In the midst of the storm, we will cling to her. That's what that image of a tree gives to me, that we can cling to her. We can know, actually know what is wisdom even in the midst of this chaos. That she was there right at the foundations of the earth as God created, right there at the beginning. And now we get to live lives of wisdom with her help, her leading, her guiding. And the knowledge that comes from that leading back to the source of all wisdom, God. It's such a beautiful piece of imagery. And ultimately, it always points back to God. It points back to, it's not lady wisdom isn't this other God to follow. It's the outworking of God's wisdom. God, the source of all wisdom, 
We're not saying this morning, hey, we've got a, got a new leader, Lady Wisdom. Now, she, is, she is an embodiment of who God is and his wisdom, a representation of his wisdom. Not his completeness, but his wisdom. And so Godly wisdom always helps us live well for him, always helps us live the life that he created us to live, helps us draw away from the distractions. Wisdom helps us to have that focus. And Lady Wisdom helps us do that. And so I'd love us to delve into Proverbs 8 and 9 and a few thoughts from these Proverbs about actually how does Lady Wisdom help us to live this thing called life the best way we can. So let's head to Proverbs 9. If you've got your Bibles, maybe paper, electronic, whatever, turn them on, flick through them, whatever suits you. And um, in Proverbs 9, it says this in verses 10 and 11. Again, it's going to be on the screen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom, your days will be many, and and years will be added to your life. Wow, there's so much in that. That is brilliant. That actually wisdom is going to give us a longer life. That kind of makes sense because like, there's lots of wisdom in Scripture about like, eat healthily, do this, look after this. Maybe don't do this. That's some really practical stuff, particularly in the Old Testament. And then, there's, and then the Bible is just full of wisdom where it's like, actually, if we choose to do this, it doesn't guarantee, yes, we'll live to 90 and that's guaranteed. But actually, our life will be to the full. Our life will be full of what God is up to, and we get to be part of that. And she is encouraging us to recognize the source of all wisdom. This idea of the fear of the Lord, and Brian, mentioned this last week, uh, sorry, two weeks ago. Think about actually what is the fear of the Lord? How do we fear the Lord in a good way that leads to gaining more wisdom, that leads to living life for him? And I think sometimes when we think about the word fear, we think about, the thing that the phobia that we might have, whether that's heights, deep water, small spaces, wasps, just a personal one. Uh, I've actually, that's a really angry wasp, isn't it? It looks like it's chewing on someone, but anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't have many fears anymore. I used to have a fear of heights. I don't really have that anymore, but I still have a, 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 a slight, slight fear of wasps. If you've ever seen me running around and no one's chasing me, just get a bit closer. There's probably at least one wasp. And, and, but sometimes it's so irrational, isn't it, a fear? It's so, it's so just out there. It's like a wasp is this big. Yes, it can hurt a bit. Yes, it can sting your ears. You know, you don't want it to sting your tongue because you might choke and all that. And you can tell I've catastrophized it in my head. Uh, and I thought of every eventuality, if a wasp stings you here, you may die. <laughs> um, but it's not a real problem. Uh, because summer's over. Um, but actually, some fears are so irrational, aren't they? And, and God, is not, God is not an irrational God. God is not inviting us into an irrational setup. He's inviting us to fear him in a way of reverence. A deep reverence and recognition that he is Lord and holy. That's my definition of the fear of God. A deep reverence and recognition that he is Lord and he is holy. And we see it throughout Scripture. Moses, at the burning bush, what does God say? What was the bush say that is God? Take off your shoes. You're in holy ground. You're in a holy place. There is a holiness surrounding something of the presence of God. Moses shows that 
reverence, someone like Deborah, one of the great judges who led with such integrity. She gained wisdom from God through reverence, through fearing the Lord. I think of Daniel, who feared the Lord in such a way that he lived different to everyone else. And that ended him in a certain amount of trouble, but then God did rescue him from those lions, and you know the story well, probably. But a life that ended up standing out because he feared the Lord. Because he had a deep reverence and recognition for who God is, for his lordship, for his holiness. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, you know, they say, holy, holy, the son of David is here, and, and different things like that. They were recognizing who he was. They were recognizing, actually, this wasn't just some guy. It wasn't just some leader. Yes, they turned around, and they left that behind them, some of them, and some of them kept that. But there's a recognition of who Jesus is. And when we begin recognizing who God fully is and we have that, the fear of the Lord and what he's done for us and what he's doing in our lives, that deep reverence and that recognition. I think it's summed up so well in Colossians 1. It says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. That's Jesus. That's the one we follow. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, that's everything, I think. Whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in all things, he holds it together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the first, firstborn from among the dead, and so that in everything, he might have supremacy. Jesus is supreme. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. But yet sometimes, and this is the differentiation, I think, between the fear of the Lord and, our, and in our relationship with Jesus, sometimes, and sorry if this offends you, but it might do, we just treat Jesus as our Savior. He's our Lord and Savior. And sometimes if we just treat Jesus as our Savior, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for rising from the dead three days later. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for freedom. You see, then it stops there. Because the Lordship of Christ, when we recognize him as Lord, not just the one who gave up his life, but the one who created all things and life itself, then we begin to say, actually, well, this freedom you've given me, how do I use that to live for you? Because you are my Lord and my leader. And I think sometimes, particularly in Western Christianity, we end up just talking about Jesus as our Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. Because otherwise we might as well just throw out the fear of the Lord stuff. And I don't think we'll gain that much wisdom without recognizing the Lordship of Christ. I'll let us chew on that. When we recognize him as Lord, it's the beginning of wisdom that we fear the Lord. We don't want to be scared of him. We want to understand his Lordship, holiness, and it's grace that enables it. And then... What we see from Lady Wisdom, so we understand that it begins in the fear of the Lord, but we lean in and listen. Wisdom is calling out to us. She is inviting us in. Uh, in Proverbs 8, it says this. Some beautiful verse again. I just love the language in Proverbs 8. I, I love poems, actually, just so you know. Um, and um, it says this. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice at the highest point along the way where the paths meet? She takes her stand. 
beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance, she cries aloud, to you, O people, I call out to you. She's inviting all of us today. I raise my voice to all mankind. I think that covers us all. You who are simple, ooh, harsh, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips and speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning of all of that... Sorry, to the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. Interesting that in comparison to what we read in Proverbs 3 about gold, silver, this imagery of almost saying, well, now I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm going to live under the Lordship of Jesus and I will gain wisdom. And then it says, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. We get to choose to attend. She's giving out this invitation. We get to choose to listen and lean in. I love that when Jesus is walking on earth, you know, a number of years later, that he calls out to people. He's starting his ministry. He's calling out to people to say, hey, come be part of what I'm up to. Peter. Andrew, John, James, Matthew, all these different people, come be part of what I want to. I'm inviting you in. And he, he partly is saying, I'm inviting you to sit at my feet, listen to my wisdom. But he's also inviting him into even something much more bigger than that, to advance the kingdom of God with him, to see the world turned upside down with his love. That he's inviting them in. They had the choice to say no. We have the choice to say no. It's an invitation. As Jesus called out to them, they heard his voice. They began to learn his voice as he continually then called out to them every day, saying, let's go, guys. Next step, these guys and girls that were with him, they said, come on, let's go. Again, let's move here. Let's do this. Let's see what I'm going to do over here. And so how do we know the voice of wisdom? The disciples knew the voice of Jesus. We hear the voice of Lady Wisdom calling But how do we know her voice? Well, verse 6, I think, sums it up so well. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. So she she speaks trustworthy things. She speaks right things. She speaks good things. Because God is good, and he is speaking through his wisdom. It is his wisdom. Lady Wisdom represents him. And if you're like, actually, I'm not sure... There's a lot of wisdoms in that sense. That I'm not sure if, if like, we're like, well, okay, that, yeah, trustworthy, right, that sounds okay. And, and there's things in, in me that, that I know the difference between right and wrong, and I know some things about God. I think for me, every time I hear something like that, I think, right, does it sound like Jesus? Does it, does it look like Jesus? Does it smell like Jesus? Or whatever, you know, what, insert word. If we want to know what wisdom sounds like, we hold it up against Jesus and the life he lived and the life that he's encouraging us to live and invites us into. So if like, I'm not sure if that's right, or I'm not sure if, but we don't want to live in a, uh, you know, on a, on a line or a black and white world. We want to live in, well, what does Jesus say about it? Not what I determine is right or wrong, but what does Jesus' model for us What is he showing us? How can we learn the voice of wisdom by looking at the life of Jesus? 
And then from that, we can begin to discern that voice more and more as we gain more wisdom. Because from wisdom, discernment flows. It says in um, verse 9, it says, To the discerning of them, sorry, to the discerning all of them are right. And they are upright to those who have found knowledge. If wisdom is, is knowing what to do and discernment is maybe more about what we say yes or no to or how we do that, how we discern a situation and wisdom works in that and through that and all around that. Discerning if a situation is helpful for us or the people around us or discerning whether actually do I want to spend time or lots of time with this person or do I actually need to discern to have someone else more in my life? Because from wisdom flows discernment. And so I think the challenge she's giving us in this is, who are we listening to? What voice are we hearing? Do we know the voice of Lady Wisdom? She's inviting us to learn her voice. Because we see throughout these other scriptures, and we see throughout Proverbs, there is another voice. Usually every time we hear about Lady Wisdom, there's also this lady folly or men of folly. It talks about people are suggesting foolish things. I don't know about you, but when I was at school, sometimes I was, I was easily influenced by other people. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Uh, weren't. And, um, and for me, I loved, like loved, I got my kicks from, winding up people. That is a surprise to many. And, um, and obviously, when you, uh, the closer you are to people, you know what the buttons are. So, like, my expertise was my dad. Uh, and um, <laughs> some of you got that. Um, and so, actually, I, I was doing that, and, and then your friends encouraged you, oh, here, go wind them up. And then I got in trouble because I was the one talking or whatever it was and all this. Anyway, the teaching assistant in my year six class as I was finishing primary school, she gave me a wooden spoon. And I don't know what happened to it. This isn't it. It's just a wooden spoon from my house. Um, and I don't know what happened to that wooden spoon. I don't know where it went. But she gave me and she said, you are so good at stirring. Here is a reminder. And that was, in the moment, I just kind of laughed that off because that's what you do when you're 10. But later on, I realized actually, actually how damaging that was. Because she was affirming negative behavior that maybe actually initially the source of something was, wasn't actually bad. I'm not endorsing, it's okay to wind people up to a certain level. But someone said to me once, they said, I was just telling them that story and laughing about it, and they just stopped me and they said, well, no, it's because you've got the gift of faith. And I was like, you what? And I said, you're just really good at stirring up people. You're really good at like, at, at maybe prodding people a bit about stirring but it's just been used wrong. God's given you something to stir other people up in faith and belief for something more, except other people have encouraged you and channeled it to use it this way. And it was the wrong voices. I was listening to the wrong people. And then that adult who should have, well, she, she wasn't a Christian, that's fine, but like who decided to affirm maybe behavior that was becoming too negative in a, in a certain way. It was not the voice of wisdom, it was the voice of folly. We get to lean in, we get to listen to wisdom as she speaks. So how are we turning our ear? Finally, wisdom leads to us walking 
things differently. It says this in, in Proverbs 8, 12 to 21. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discernment. To fear the Lord, to hate evil, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech, ca- counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule the earth. I love those who love me. And those who seek me find me, but with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. There it is again. I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk into, in the way of righteousness. That's brilliant. Along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasures full. Treasuries full, sorry. We get to walk differently. We get to walk this path of rightness and justice. Verse 20 and 21, this invitation to walk rightly with God, made right by what Jesus has done for us, but this path of justice. You know, we, there's this verse that we reflected on right at the start of this year, Micah 6 verse 8. It says, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. This is the path of justice that Jesus is inviting us on. He's inviting us to walk a different way, a different walk in wisdom, a path of justice, helping those that are maybe stuck in a place. We can bring light because Jesus says we are the light of the world. We can bring light to them and say, hey, here's a path out of injustice. And I love that we get to be part of that with things like New Neighbours and CAP and Community Grocery and lots of other projects. We, we get to come on side and say, hey, there's a way out. There's a way out. There's a path out of that. And maybe if, if we've been there and someone showed us a path out of using the light of Jesus, then maybe we can then go and do that for someone else. But it's an invitation to all of us, these paths of justice. And living with that rightness, a life of integrity, holiness, and honesty with Jesus, following Jesus. And he helps us to to understand that we can continue to learn and grow in this, learn and grow in different ways. I love what it says in Proverbs 9 as the band, come and help me out. That would be great. Instruct the wise and they'll be wiser. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning that we can all learn, we can all grow in these new ways, in these new paths of justice and life and righteousness that, he, that she, this lady wisdom, is inviting us into. I loved last week in King Charles's speech, he basically said as part of what he was saying, I need to stop doing some of the things I'm doing to take up a new mantle, to do a new thing. I have to basically, yes, I've been preparing for this moment all my life, but it's still different when I step into it. And there's new ways of learning, and there's new things I have to learn. And he's 73 years old. I think most people in the 73, like, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, loving life, maybe slowing down a bit, maybe not starting a brand new job. <laughs> but it's that understanding that it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, there is things to learn. There is things that wisdom is inviting us into. When she calls us simple, it's not an insult. It's an invitation to be teachable. Do not forsake wisdom because she will protect you. It doesn't say that she'll put you down. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. 
Wisdom is inviting us on a journey to learn from her, to grow in her wisdom, to learn new paths, to lean in, to listen, to understand the fear of the Lord at a deeper level. And we get to press in to her. So let's lean in to Lady Wisdom. I'd love to finish by reading this last part of Proverbs 8 and maybe want to close our eyes, maybe want to reflect, maybe want to accept a posture of, of receiving or whatever that might be, an openness to these words and allow these words to wash over us what Lady Wisdom says to us today, right at the end of Proverbs 8. It says this in verse 32. Now then, my children, people who are teachable, she's saying, hey, come learn. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find, for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. But those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you give us more wisdom. We know that you are a generous God. We understand that wisdom comes in many different forms. That we know wisdom has been there since the start to the end as we read in other Proverbs. So Holy Spirit, fill us with your wisdom. Again, we need wisdom at this time in our nation, in our own lives, wherever we might be, wherever we might find ourselves. We thank you that we can lean into you, that we can choose to recognize your lordship, that we can listen to you, that we can know your voice, that we can follow you on different paths, just as we are encouraged to do, paths of justice. But also, just as we saw the disciples do, living a whole different life because of the path that you took them on, God. We thank you for that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And while we're in this, in this moment, maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, I want to live my life for you. We're talking about living a life of wisdom which is made possible by Jesus and what he's done on the cross and rising from the dead three days later so we could have life and life to the full, recognizing that he is our savior and he is our Lord. So this morning, if you want to come back to Jesus or you want to say yes to him for the first time, if you want to do that, there's just me and a couple of the leaders looking around. I'd just love you to raise your hand where you are, just so I know who I'm praying for. So Jesus, you are my Lord and my savior. I'm sorry for what I've done wrong and I choose to live for you. Great. Great. I'm going to pray. And if that's you making that decision today, for those that put their hands up, for those that haven't, and then they'd love you to join me in this prayer, and I'd love everyone to say amen at the end. It would be brilliant. Jesus, we thank you that you came to earth to be with us, to die on the cross, and to rise from the dead three days later. We're we're sorry for the mistakes we've made. 
and we choose to live for you. We choose to submit to your lordship and we choose to thank you for being our saviour. Amen. 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 So good. Why don't, why don't we clap those people in that decision? That's awesome. Why don't we stand if we're able? That'd be great. And I'd love to encourage us as we go into this worship song. There's these great, two great verses at the end of um, Proverbs 8. And I love this because this is lady wisdom and interacting with us as humankind, as mankind, as, as people. But then we get to respond and have this interchange. And it says this in verse 30. Then I was constantly at his side. I was, that was wisdom at the side of God. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Wisdom worships and praises. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. There's another version that says that wisdom dances. How good is that? Wisdom delights in us and we get to delight in wisdom. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at Lifelanks on social media 